Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. Nino's Corner. It's not just a website. It's not just a podcast. It's a brand and a movement. Go to ninoscorner.com, N-I-N-O-S corner.com to get the latest products from Nino. Go to the book section to find Nino's three number one best-selling books, Can You Love Me? A Memoir, A Tribute, Battles Blueprint, Five Self-Battles to Defeat for Success, and My Wonderful Life and Adoption Story. If you need merchandise, we had that for you too. Our custom Do You Signature Series shirts and other apparel were sure to please. Again, visit www.ninoscorner.com, N-I-N-O-S corner.com for more information. What's up, Peeps Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. Today, well, first off, guys, if you like what you're listening to, like, subscribe, give me a five-star comment, five-star review. I greatly appreciate it. All of your uh, podcast streaming platforms. But today we're going to talk about the Texas OU game, the Red River uh, shootout, rivalry, whatever it's called now. I mean, I'm a Texas grad. You guys know that. Long, lifetime Longhorn, uh, Texas X. Uh, it is what it is. Man, um, you know, Texas, Texas, what are we doing? Uh, you know, so we have a, a senior quarterback, Sam Ellinger, senior quarterback, last Red River shootout. I know it's from the COVID situation. I, you know, I get it. Everybody's going through this. So it's not just something that is, you know, just secluded to the Longhorn, you know, fan, uh, you know, club. It is also going around America. Everybody's talking about COVID, guys. So the excuse of COVID is not an excuse. But you got a senior quarterback in Sam Ellinger, four-year starter, uh, going against a uh, redshirt freshman, you know, QB, you know, for OU, you know, so Spencer Rattler. Um, a lot of arm talent from this kid. I mean, a lot of arm talent. But this is a game, on paper, you should say that OU has lost a lot of players this year. You know, they lost, uh, you know, their their starting quarterback, you know, Jalen Hurts, who's playing in the NFL now, backing up uh, Carson Wentz for the Eagles. They lost uh, Murray on the defensive side of the ball, the linebacker. You know, um, they lost CeeDee Lamb. You know, they lost a ton of people. They lost some offensive linemen. They lost a lot of people on this team. Technically, this should be a rebuild year for Oklahoma, uh, but obviously not because they just beat Texas and, uh, you know, it you know ended up going four overtimes. But Texas, what is Texas doing? Always getting behind. Always getting behind. Uh, it's like Texas doesn't, you know, figure out that they need to play well until they're behind. Uh, it's like the fourth quarter is one time when Mike Yurchik, you know, finally figures out that he needs to call an offense that's explosive and that you you know basically utilize your your strength and your strength is your quarterback, who's the guy that you should be riding. This is last year; it's the last time he's going to ever put on the burnt orange and white. And we are not doing it as a as a team. What did Texas do this game? Oh, it seems like Texas comes out flat-footed almost every game that they play this year, and they got it handed to them. They got it handed to them. Oklahoma went up by, I think, a quick two touchdowns pretty quick. Texas fought back. 
looks like they got the game within, you know, one possession, if I'm not mistaken, three points by halftime. Uh, Oklahoma ran away with it in the third quarter. Texas rallied back in the last four minutes. They go into overtime. Um, and Oklahoma just stood the times, uh, you know, you know, during overtime. Uh, what does Texas have to do better, guys? What 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 does Texas have to do better? What doesn't Texas have to do better? First off, Texas needs to be able to run the ball. Your leading rusher should not be Sam Ellinger every freaking game, which you know he wasn't the leading rusher their previous three games. But for this game against Oklahoma, you know I count my rushing yards different than the college stats. College stats count sacks as rushing yards. I don't. I count them as passing. So my adjusted rushing yards, it looks like Sam had 15 carries for 131 yards and, you know, three touchdowns. Not too bad, right? Uh, but Sam, Sam threw a costly interception uh, that ended up going in for points, I think, on the next drive for Oklahoma. Uh, but Neither here nor there. I can't blame this game on Sam. Sam, he seems like he's the only guy that wants to ball out for this team. Uh, the offensive line, again, was horrible. Uh, Christian Jones is not ready to be a, a starting tackle in college football right now. Uh, the guard next to him is Denzel Okafor, who is um, a fourth-year guy who never lived up to his potential. Our center is Derek Kerstetter, who definitely cost us a touchdown. It looks like we had a third and one or, yeah, a third and one. And then he had a, um, a, a unsportsmanlike conduct, uh, pushed us back 15 yards, made the set up for a field goal instead of a touchdown. That might have been the game, my friends. That might have been the game. Um, but there were opportunities for Texas to come back and climb back in this game, but that was a very costly penalty. Uh, I question the play calling in this game. We had a third and one, and we go deep to B. John Robinson, which I just thought it was the dumbest play call you can ever have as a Longhorn fan. We, you know, but Oklahoma gifted us some, you know, you know, like a couple plays too. Uh, when they were trying to run the clock off in the end of the game, and all they do is run the ball three times and, and give Texas basically like, like a minute left. Oklahoma passed the ball on a third and nine instead of running it so that, you know, uh, you know, because I don't think we had any timeouts at that time. But what did Oklahoma do? They did that. Or we had a timeout uh, and they didn't let us burn our timeout. So they gifted us. So, you know, for every dumb mistake we had or for every dumb mistake that uh, OU had, Texas matched them. But uh, let's dig into these stats, guys. You know, I'm, I'm a little – ticked off about this game, but, you know, you guys know I have my NCN, which is my Nino's corner number, and let's take a look. The NCAA average for an offense is 40 points. You know, for Texas, Texas uh, and Oklahoma were basically very average on offense in this game. I know that the score is not going to dictate that, but it went into overtime. Field gets shortened, uh, but uh, going into overtime, I got an NCN for the offense of Texas. 40.8, so basically a 41 NCN, and Oklahoma had a 41.2, so basically a 41. Both offenses were average, but they were equally average. You know, uh, basically Oklahoma won the game by eight points. It was the last touchdown of the overtime, the fourth overtime. So these, these teams were going back back and forth, but what caused them to have such low uh, NCN offenses if if they score so many points? Well, the, it's, it's a clear-cut reason. Uh both teams had turnovers, like turnovers galore. Sam had two um, two interceptions. County Ingram had another fumble. Man, that's two fumbles on two different carries. The last carry of the last game he fumbled, going in for a touchdown, and the first carry of Oklahoma, he fumbled. You know, But he did regain his mojo back by catching that touchdown to tie the game at the end of regulation. But 
the offenses were average due to turnovers. So Texas had three turnovers total. Uh, Oklahoma had three turnovers themselves. I also looks like Spencer Rattler threw a pick. Uh, he fumbled the ball, and their running back fumbled the ball also. Um, yeah, uh, they were also sacked a bunch. It looks like uh, Sam Ellinger was sacked. I got six times for the game. I got two times for Oklahoma. Uh, a bunch of tackles for loss. There were so Texas only had one tackle for loss, which was, you know, kind of kind of good, I guess. I wouldn't say good, but you know, OU had eight tackles for loss. OU got tackled eight times by the line of scrimmage in this game. So, you know, like when you tally those up, you know, sacks and tackles for loss, I kind of count them as the same, basically. It's just one is done on the quarterback and one's not, right? So you're looking at the sack on the quarterback uh, versus tackle for loss. Texas had a combined seven of those. Uh, you know, OU had, uh, you know, a, a combined 10. So that, those were the offenses in a nutshell. But if these offenses were so basic and, and, and so average, why did OU win? You guys know I always, always preach this every freaking week, right? The team that has more explosive plays usually ends up winning that game like 88, 89% of the time. You know, let's just say nine times out of 10, they're going to win the game. I know it's so cliche to say that, but it's literally almost 90%. OU had 10 explosive plays, which are 15 yards or more. Texas had nine. What was OU's last explosive play? It was a 25-yard touchdown pass to their tight end, Stogden. Yeah, Stogden. Yeah, the big tall tight end. Uh, the 25-yard touchdown pass down in the fourth overtime. Texas couldn't match it. You know, Texas couldn't match it. What did Texas do? They ended up throwing a pick on the next uh, drive. So that one more explosive play won Oklahoma's game. Hence, that nine times out of ten, if you have at least one more explosive play than your opponent, you're going to win the game. On the defensive side of the ball, both defenses were, uh, you know, they were above average. I know the score is not going to dictate it, but if you look back in the – uh, in the game, you know, from quarter one through four. Uh, both teams did, like, really well. OU's defense stopped Texas running backs very well. Keontae Ingram only had, what, what do you have, guys? It's something ridiculous, like nine yards on three carries. Rashawn Johnson, three carries, negative three yards. And our true freshman, B. John Robinson, had five carries, 17 yards. Sam Ellinger, like I said, 15 carries, 131 yards, man. When your quarterback's balling like that, wow. Um, Oklahoma had a much better, you know, time running the ball. Um, looks like Spencer Rattler didn't pass as much. I don't think he crossed over 225 yards passing this game, but they ran the ball very well. They had a very balanced offense when it, when it came to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was overall – not the best game for Longhorns, but if you dig into the NCN defense, NCN defense for Texas was, um, I got a 50.23. Uh, 45 is the average NCN defense for a college football team. Uh, for Oklahoma, I got Oklahoma at a 55, uh, you know, NCN defense. Um, like I said, they had two turnovers for the game. We had one turnover for the game. Um, we had two sacks. Uh, we had two fumble recoveries. Um, no fourth down stops. We didn't have any penalties, which was, when you think about it, guys, that's a pretty clean game to have no pass interferences, no, no hope. I mean, that's that's pretty clean. I have no penalties for Texas. Uh, nope, I'm lying, guys. Uh, I'm lying. We had three penalties, three penalties, which is still a pretty clean game for defense. Um, what else we have, guys? Uh, we allowed seven touchdowns. Wow, seven touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns to allow. You know, if you flip it to the, to the OU side, OU had – yeah, I think their defense got two uh, interceptions. 
uh, six sacks. They were constantly on Sam Ellinger. One fumble recovery, no fourth down stops. Uh, they committed eight penalties, which kind of kept us in the game a lot. And um, they allowed five touchdowns. Um, and both teams had a, a success rating that was above the NCAA average. Uh, OU success rating was 49.43%. Uh, Texas is was about 47%. So uh, OU's defense was slightly more successful. They turned Sam over twice. Um, not only that, the, they held our running backs in check, so the play-action pass was nothing. You know, uh, when you don't respect the run game, you don't have to worry about a play-action pass. They dominated our offensive line. Benito killed us. Uh, you know, so they thoroughly dominated our, our O-line. Uh, even Cosme got worked a few times, and he's supposed to be a first-round draft pick. Now, in saying all this, guys, uh, OU benched Spencer Rattler, guys, after the first quarter, and they put in a backup. And the backup outplayed Sam Ellinger when it comes to uh, QBR, efficiency, effectiveness. We're talking about a four-year starter. Sam Ellinger got outplayed not only by Spencer Rattler, but also by the backup. But, guys, like I said, I can't put this on Sam. Sam balled out for what he had to do. He kept his team in it. And I just wish that more players had the heart that Sam had. Um, and Sam on that, guys, man. Sam did get outplayed by Spencer Rattler. So let me go to the, the actual quarterback numbers, guys. When I look at the quarterback numbers, Spencer Rattler, um, his his total success rating, okay, so the NCAA success rating average is 40%, right? Uh, Spencer Rattler's was 46% total. Sam's was 47%, but that was total running and passing. Where it matters for a quarterback passing, Spencer Rattler – uh, 45% compared to Sam's 42%. Sam had a 69% compared to uh, Spencer's 50% when it comes to the rushing side of the house. So both guys were successful in nature when it comes to passing and rushing. Sam barely bested Spencer Rattler by one point on, on a success rating. But what won this game for OU? When you start to look at the per down basis, Spencer Rattler on first down, 52% success rate. It means one out of every one out of every two times he was successful on first down. I mean, he got more than five yards on the first down, setting up an easy second down. On second down, Spencer Rattler was definitely more effective than Sam. 50% on, on, on second down. I mean, he got at least 70% of those, those five yards or less. Sam was at 30%. Okay. Um, Sam did have a, a little bit better first down rating, so 52%, but you know, so 52% success rating compared to Spencer Rattler's 50. But the second down really, really, really separated the two. Like I said, Spencer Rattler, 50% success rating on the second down compared to Sam's 30%. What does this mean? Sam had third and long more than a few times in his game. And he had to try to overcome that. Both guys were not good on third downs, but Spencer Rattler didn't have to be as good on third downs as Sam because he was in those uh, situations in the passing side of the house l far less often than Sam because his success rating was, uh, I don't know, wasn't twice as, as large as Sam's, but it was like one and a half times as large as Sam's uh, when it came to the, his success on second downs, setting up shorter third downs. And so his passing success rating was, was, was down, but a lot of the times he didn't have to pass on third downs because you know, he was around that one or two yard, you know, average, and they just ran the ball and pounded down our throats. Um, so on fourth down, guys, we didn't have any fourth downs where any of the teams went for it. Um, you know, we pretty much punted. 
but it's what it is. One thing I do have to uh, like about what Oklahoma did is um, it's kind of weird because Texas has Oklahoma's uh, tight end coach uh, and their special teams coordinator from last year. So Bullware, we get him over here at Texas and our special teams is garbage. Uh, it's been garbage the whole season. We had another uh, blocked field goal today. Um, yeah, so Saturday had a blocked field goal. Uh, and we also had a blocked punt. <laughs> oh, man, kind of reminds me of Charlie Strong era. It's Oklahoma State. You guys remember that a few years back where they blocked like three field goals. Yeah, they blocked like three field goals in one game. Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah, guys, um, this wasn't a good game for Texas, man. We lost the game. We're 2-2 two and two now. This is supposed to be a year where if this was the year that we were going to do anything, it was going to be this year. It's going to be this year because – we had a senior quarterback, which had the best quarterback in conference. And I and I do think that we still do have the best quarterback in conference. I just feel like we have squandered this guy's talent. Sam, in my opinion, is probably the third best quarterback to ever lace up some some Nikes, uh, you know, on the 40 acres. He uh, bleeds, burn orange. Cries white, bleeds, you know, bleeds, burn orange. And um, he understands what it is to be a Longhorn. And I don't think a lot of the players here understand what it is to be a Longhorn. It's kind of sad because when you're when you're used to seeing your team be successful and you're not getting that same level of effort and success that you've been used to in the past, it's kind of frustrating as a fan. And I know Sam being the guy that grew up in Austin and went to Westlake and led them to to district titles and, and, and state playoffs and, and everything, he pleased Burn Orange. And for him – you know, to have to go out like this, knowing that he he knows what this means. It's just kind of sad. It's like the players don't they don't get it. Sam gets it. They don't get it. And man, kudos to Sam just for being Sam. Um, but yeah, I think this this team has squandered his talent. Uh, we have an horrible offensive line. Um, not only is our offensive line not good. Um, our coaching staff is not good. We have done this kid no favors. Uh, I think a lot of the time Sam has pretty much won a lot of these games on his own. I, I like I don't know what the play calling is like. We have suspect play calling. Um, we have good skill position guys, but we can't recruit offensive line for nothing. That squarely falls on her hand. Now I, I you know my wife's from Alabama, and we have friends that went to Auburn and our Auburn fans and her pan came from Auburn they were happy to let him go. So that was a red flag for me right there. But, you know, we had pretty good success with him the first couple of years. And, uh, this year, um, down the drain last year was down the drain, to be honest with you. We didn't have the best of offensive lines last year. Um, yeah. Uh, man, I'm a longhorn guy. So dad, uh, but, uh, we got a lot of things we can talk about. So let's go to a small commercial break, guys. We're going to talk about uh, the image of Sam after the game. And you guys know where I'm going with this. All right, guys, and we're back, man. And so I told you guys we're going to talk about the image of Sam after the game. And if you guys, you know, you're Texas fans, you've seen the images, the viral images of uh, of Sam basically standing by himself in front of the band at the Cotton Bowl with his horns up, uh, singing Eyes of Texas. And it's been a lot of controversy over the Eyes of Texas and whether or not uh, the players should sing it. The players don't, they think the song's racist. I now I have to do my own research on this. I'm not sure if it's racist or not. I know that, um, 
you know, uh, uh, the original song was um, The Eyes of the South Are Upon You. And I think Texas kind of, if I'm mistaken, stole the words and just put Texas in, you know, in, instead of South to basically have a state song. And not only did Texas use it, but UTEP used to use it too, I think, in the, you know, up into the 20s. Uh, I think the song was written in 1904, 1905, somewhere right there. But, um, you know, I, I guess uh, a college professor at UT said that the song was racist. Um, and it had racist sediments in it, you know. So, a lot of the players, you know, heard what this professor said, and now they're not standing out and throwing the horns up and singing out to Texas. Texas fans, what do you think about this? I don't know how to think about this. You know, with me going to school, I went to school from 01 to 05, and that was just like tradition. We used to get up, throw our horns up, and sing it. Um, but I need to dig deep down into this and see exactly what the history of the song is and where we're doing it wrong. Uh, but um, I want to preface this with saying that, uh, you know, God, I feel bad for Sam. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, that was hard to watch. And that was just hard to watch to see him not only put his plus foot and tears out there, but also uh, be out there singing the eyes of Texas by himself uh, with no other players around him, um, which shows that there is a lack of unity amongst his team. Yeah. Obviously, your team captain does not believe in the in the uh, actions of, of his teammates. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody doesn't have to be the same. As you guys know, if you watch the NBA playoffs, which we'll get to in the next uh, podcast episode. But, you know, in the playoffs, like like the Miami Heat um, and the Lakers, everybody took a knee um, during the during the game. Before every game, they took a knee when the National Anthem came on. Um, it's had one player for the Heat. Uh, he, he he stood up, and that was um, – I forgot the guy's name. He's the center, though, big, tall guy, center. Uh, white dude, like blonde hair, really good shooter. He can shoot the ball really well. I forgot his name, though, but he, yeah, he stood up. He didn't take a knee, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Everybody's not going to have the same um, experiences that everybody has. Uh, but football's a little different. It's 53 people on the roster. You're looking at college football, 83, 85 people that travel to those games, um, especially with what's going on now with the, uh, uh, the you know, social justice reform and uh, the injustices that are going on and, and, and why some of the players know what they're doing. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's so tricky. It's so tricky, man. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is how do these players uh you know, feel as a whole, as a family. It's got to be tough, man, because those are conversations that need to have, you know, that need to be had. And like, I love what Emmanuel Acho is doing with the, you know, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. You know, his his things on Twitter, and it's like, um, you know, and, and on social media, and, and it looks like Oprah Winfrey picked up uh, that, and she's going to start doing some, you know, some things with uh, with his movement, with that. And I, I love that he's had those uncomfortable conversations. And I feel like a lot of that needs to happen, not only in Texas, but just in college football, people, you know, in general. So on that note, guys, man, leave me a note. I'm going to have my video chat box on here this time. So leave me a note. Let me know what you guys think about that. It's, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's a little different to be a Longhorn now. Uh, it's it's it, it just doesn't feel the same. Um, but hopefully we can turn the tide on this. And I honestly, guys, I don't think Tom Herman's going to be back next year because of the way that everything was handled. Uh, you know, 
strong-minded coaches, um, feel the pulse of their team. They can do things for the team, but uh, but also not uh, break down the integrity of what they want to do in the football field. And I don't think Herman quite understand that. Understands that. I think this job might have been a little bit too big for him. And at a job like Texas, where the odds are on you, it's your blue blood program. You need a CEO back there that knows how to do the right hires, knows how to say the right things. That's what made Mac Brown so special. Mac, no matter what happened on Saturday, on Sunday, you felt like you were at a Sunday dinner with him because he was going to swoon you and and just make you feel like you're at home. And that's what Texas needs as a head coach, as a CEO. But I know, guys, man, I'm out, man. Don't be afraid to fail. I grow your environment. Understand your brilliance. Do you. Let me know what you think. Drop me a line. Venus Corner. I am out.